This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Good evening, everyone. You know, I'm part of this house now. <laughs> Pastor Shola, let me tell my own side of the story. You, you know me, I don't flatter people, you know that. Okay. Uh, God talked to me about apostolic centers that he will set up in the nation. Lighthouses that will finally spread and affect the whole nation. He showed me seven. And he pointed out you. Now, this is my own prayer for myself. This is how I pray for myself. I don't want to be part of anything God is trying to destroy, to go and be building it. So I ask God, guide me to what you're building. But if I find out that this is what God is building, I want to come and serve and help the man and the people there to build it. That's why when I go on assignment, I go from the angle of minister of help. That's how I come here. Not coming here to show anything I know or whatever. I'm asking God, show me how I can help strengthen the hand of God's servant and laborers and the pastors and everybody. I don't... Um, because the days are not very far away when we're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. I want you to know God showed you to me by revelation. This morning now, they whisked me out from the pulpit. I was about to ordain 250 pastors. I delegated it all and ran to the airport. Actually, they were trying to get me, you know, it's true. This project, this project, this household, household of David, I'm part of it. I might not come every time, but God has given you a brother and a friend. That's the truth. Um, Paul said, we once knew men after the flesh. He said, I don't know Christ anymore after the flesh. You see why? He was alive when Jesus was there, and he saw him as an ordinary man. He didn't understand what he was doing. That's why he didn't follow. He could have been his, one of his apostles. But he had an encounter with the Lord after his death, and thank God for that. I'm sure he was one of those who said, kill him. Because he was part of the Pharisees. When you are, God brings you to a place like this, you ask God, give me a revelation of my pastor. Give me an understanding of the place, his role in the plan of God. Because his role is not just the church. This man's assignment and his work is beyond. Did you see what he was saying, praying about the body of Christ? And when you now get that revelation, then you, you covenant. It's not, I attend the church. It's not, uh, uh, this is one of the church I attend. No. You, you covenant with God and with his servant. And covenanted, uh, covenant relationships are not sentimental. It's not based on emotion. You rebook me, you correct me. It doesn't change anything. Because it's blood now. It's like your family, your natural family. Your parents get better. So, uh-huh. Don't you sometimes quarrel with some of your sisters and brothers? Does it make you change the name of your family? Does it make you leave? There is... 
the church was founded, Jesus founded it, by bringing 12 men, and then he brought communion. He said, this is the blood of... It was covenant that he used to lay the foundation of this. Why is it that your bonies and all that sometimes look stronger than us? Because we don't have revelation of covenant. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for bringing us here. Thank you for bringing us into this new season in God. This new season in your plans and purpose. Thank you for what you're doing here. Opening a fountain of fresh water. Causing it to flow out like the four streams on the Garden of Eden. To water your sheep. Water the body and water the dry lands of the nations. Thank you for raising this apostolic house. Lord, I come just to help, to add, to strengthen. And I ask for grace and accuracy. I ask that you that your kingdom will come that your will will be executed to precision Lord I ask that you take complex things and make them simple break them down make it so simple that even a baby can understand it Lord Don't just give us the understanding. Launch us into the manifestation of what your plan and purpose is for the church in this last hour. I give you praise. I give you glory. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. God bless you. Wow. I want to honor all the pastors, all the people that are laboring. Amos chapter 9. I'm going to talk to you about God's end time revival. God's end time. There are so many angles from where we can discuss the Holy Spirit. My assignment today is not his person or his gifts or even his power. And he has so many other ministries. Those are not my concern. I want to help us understand the time we are living in and what God is actually doing at this time. The scripture said that the children of Isaac have understanding of the time and they also know what to do. That divine intelligence guides me in how I do things. So in Amos chapter 9, from verse 11, the scripture said, in, in that day, I will raise up the tabernacle of David that is falling down. Which day? Which day? Which day? Which day? should be the question. Because if we get the day wrong, then we'll be claiming what is not for our day and saying it's for our day. Because God is talking about a specific time. Until you read, read it in another place where it was mentioned, and then you understand. He's talking about the last days. God said, I will revisit. I will return. He's talking about a major move of God that will happen in the last days. But then, he explains what it is that he's coming to do. It's a two-dimensional program. It's a two-dimensional program. The first one is to rebuild the tabernacle of David that is falling down. And close up the breaches thereof. And he said, I will raise 
raise up his ruins and I will rebuild it or build it as in the days of old. In this particular prophecy, the benchmark is something that has happened before. Now, this is the tabernacle that David built for the Lord. It has collapsed. So he's saying, when I finish building it, you can compare it to the original one. And I will restore it like the days of old. But then he sent some other prophets. Because you see how the prophetic works. We see in part. We know in part. So somebody, God is doing a seven-story building. One prophet comes and describes the foundation and all of the work. Then he stops. But he has done something. Another person will come confirm that so that we know it's God. Then he sends another prophet to show what he's going to now sit on top of it. Because it's an, a developing story. Now, it was another prophet, like Hosea and some others, who came and now showed that God's plan is not just to restore it to the former glory. That this one he wants to do in the last days, the glory of that house will be greater than the one he did then. Are you getting the, the gist? Yeah. So, if you now go to people like Hosea, like in chapter 6, who now was writing about the same thing, the last days move of God. Oh, maybe I should read a little of that. But this is my text. I'm coming back here. So, once I go, we come back to Amos 9. Okay? Um, should I do Amos 9? Finish? Okay. I told you that there are two sides to this story. So, let's see the second side. The first side is inside the church. This tabernacle of David is talking about. He's talking about what he would do in the church. Before God revives the society, he first revives the church. When he revives the church, the word we have found for it is revival. When he moves in the society, it is called an awakening, great awakening that now leads to societal transformation. What is going to happen now is very soon. You will be seeing unbelievers in the street crying out about God. Think the Holy Spirit is coming upon the convictions. Things will be happening all over this country. God is about to do some amazing things in Nigeria. And I'm not talking about future prophecy. And it's not just Nigeria. It's going to affect the continent of Africa. But this river, this river must start from the altar. Go read Ezekiel about the temple of God. That river that finally waters the city of God starts from So, I will rebuild it like in the days of Odem, verse 12. Watch. Verse 12 said, That they may possess the remnant of Edom and all the hidden, so, which are called by my name, said the Lord that doeth this. So, two groups of people. The revival hits the church. The church now gains capacity to go after two groups of people. And the first group are the Edomites. I'm sure you know who Edom is. It's Esau. The Edomites are his descendants. These are covenant people that became profane. These are covenant people that sold away their birthright. These are backsliding believers. 
These are believers that have thrown away their birthright. They are out there living like the people of the world, but they also had access to the Abrahamic covenant. So, God's children that are out there, confused, scattered all over, is the first. Something will happen to them. We're going to see such and such. There is no building that we build that can contain the movement that is coming. Because this ruin that happened to Zion, that corruption that affected the church, affected a lot of God's people. They are some, they don't go to church anymore. They don't even have faith in the church. They are the first group God is going to go after. The second are the heathens, the unbelievers. So now God wants to go after the nations. Remember, the Bible says in the last days, the mountain of the Lord shall be exalted above the mountains and all nations will flow into it. Before the nations start flowing, God has to set a lighthouse in Zion. He has to deal with the issue of his house first. What is it that he's trying to do with his house? To get himself a glorious church. He's going to get it before Christ comes. He's going to get it before the rapture. If he doesn't, the rapture will be a disaster. For many Christians. So a revival leads to a great awakening. And it is the final fruit of great awakening that is called societal transformation. You don't transform society by coming and saying, I'm, I'm doing transformation. No, no, no. It has never happened without the Holy Spirit and will not happen without him. Acts chapter 15. Now, you remember Joel's prophecy in chapter 2 of Joel? That's what the apostles were quoting on the day of Pentecost. They said, what you are now seeing is that which was prophesied by Joel. When Jesus started his healing ministry, he quoted Isaiah chapter 61. He said, and the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me. Then he told the people, this scripture is now being fulfilled in your ears. Now, I'm telling you now. You see the scripture I just read for Amos 9 is where the church has now entered the beginning stage. If we now understand what the plan of God is, we can cooperate with him. Acts chapter 15, I'm reading from verse 14. Yeah. Um, there is this thing that happened. It's called the Jerusalem Council. The apostles gathered to discuss the move of God that has now spread to the Gentiles. Remember he said he will reach all the heathens, all the Gentiles, all the people, all believers, all believing nations. Yeah. So Paul and his friends were the ones now carrying that dimension, traveling. 
and the Jews were confused because many of them got the impression that when the church comes, when Jesus initiated what he came to earth to do, that is purely for only for the Jews. Some of us, our idea of the move of God, the revival, is that it's going to be a church thing, a church club issue. God's eyes is after the nations and after the hidden. We are his means for reaching them. If he doesn't revive us, he can't get them. The harvest of the nations is God's ultimate target. But his church is his medium or means. We are his partners, his co-laborers. So when he's moving left, we're moving right. We are not able to accomplish the purpose of God. So at that time, this movement has started. Remember that the early church had the early reign. The last day church will have the latter reign. But like I told you, the other prophet said, it's going to be a greater glory than the glory of the former house. The early church is what is called the former house. Amos 9 said, when the restoration starts, it will at least first come back to that original standard. Then some other prophets said, that is not just the old standard that we are going to recover. In other words, let's start with that. The Bible said, we are going to recover the apostolic Christianity of the early church. But then, it's going to go beyond that. So, this council was called to discuss whether the gospel should be allowed to keep going to the Gentiles, whether Nigeria should be saved. The council was called. Whether America should be reached. Whether Paul and Co. should be stopped. Whether Africa Africans, black people, should be part of the move of God. And then, if we even allow them at all, should we convert all of them to become like Jews, force them to be circumcised, force them to obey the Ten Commandments? And the council was called. Different people spoke. Peter spoke and told his experience with the house of Cornelius. He said, when they invited me, it was an angel of God that appeared to the man and told the man to send for me. And even me, I wouldn't have gone because my theology does not accommodate them. But the Lord showed me my own vision. You see how I'm telling Pastor Shola, as he was talking to him, he was talking to me. That's why the last time I told you, I'm not the person you will be having a headache. Invite. When you want, I need to come. You don't have to worry about me. Um, get on plane and come. I don't, I don't do that sophistication of ministry. Some people, uh, when they get see a little glory, they become extremely sophisticated. No, not for my God, not for his son, and not for his church for which he died. Never. Not. Other people can learn their own model. This is me. I'm shooting for a prize. The judgment seat of Christ is not far. All I want to know is that this is something God is building. I want to be part of it. 
This house is a house built by God. You see, this thing you see is not man-made. So, Peter gave his own story. He said, finally, uh, God showed me this vision. And then while I was still wondering about it, he told me, get up and go. The man said, I'm even looking for you. Have you seen how God speaks? If you say God is telling me to marry that girl, you also have to allow God to tell the girl that you are the person. If the communication does not get to both ends, don't let anybody confuse you with prophecy. All this confusion about prophecy, all this prophesy, all those whatever. If the Holy Spirit is one talking and the message is for you, he will also tell you. He will give you a witness. Listen. If he's not giving you that confirmation, stay away from that stuff. You remember, Angel Gabriel did something dangerous. He actually did a dangerous thing. He went to somebody's wife. A woman that's already betrothed to a man. And told her about getting pregnant without her husband. You know you are going to cause confusion in a relationship. And told her this project is God. It's a God idea. It's a God project. You're going to do it. And the lady agreed. Ha! You have destroyed her life. No. But that's not how God worked. God went and talked to Joseph. I said, take care of her. This thing is for me. The child is not from a game out of wedlock. The child is a child of the Holy Ghost. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? There's even another one that was also very dangerous. Those of you who like to go and prophesy to women, prophesy to assistant pastors, prophesy to them, tell assistant pastor, God has now called you to go and start one church, to go and open this in Australia. Not when you feel, God is a God of order. And you that they are prophesying to, don't let people prophesy you into rebellion, prophesy you out of the will of God. Tell him, if that thing it is, go and talk to my pastor. So, another angel, dangerous assignment, went to a woman. This one is fully married. Somebody's wife. He said, you are going to have a baby. And the baby will be a man of God. He's going to be a special child. No razor will touch his head. He can't drink wine. He can't do this. And you, mother, Stop drinking anything alcoholic, anything from wine, from vine, because of the child you are carrying. Wise woman. She ran to go and tell her husband, that's how you do it. If Eve did it, would not have fallen. When you are under authority and when you are not are different. So you have to know the difference. No, I came from deeper life. And I can see the first lady. You see that scarf we, we wear? Eh? It's just a symbol of something. So you can wear the physical scarf and not wear the real meaning. It's a symbol of I am under authority. 
Actually, they say there's another thing you are given as a woman to represent that. Your long hair. Your hair. I will counsel. It's just a suggestion. It doesn't mean you will go to hell if you don't do it. But I will counsel. Those of us who are married women, when you see all these young, young girls, they do Golemapa, they do all this Bob Marley. No, not Bob Marley. Well, it's all punk. Please, they have the right to do that. They are not under their husband's authority. They are under their father's authority. But you, when you want to get up to do some punk, <laughs> when you bab like that, Golemapa, what you are saying, my husband is dead, even if he is there. Uh, it's useless. I don't have any value for him. That's what you're saying. Oh, you don't know? Read First Corinthians 11. You're saying? He doesn't have any value. doesn't have anything. I do what I like. I just live like a single girl. If a guy says, hi, I want to go, I go. There's nothing, whether he's there or not. I don't have any regard for him. And the Bible said, you should maintain a position of reverence for the authority you're under because of the angels. They are sword will wound you. You will get hurt. The spiritual world will get you because that thing is protection. It's not just submission. It is covering what a roof does for a beauty. Do you know why rain for now? It won't touch you and I. Do you know if the sun is beating now very hot? It won't touch you and I. We're under a roof. It's different from the other man that is out there. Holy Spirit, why am I going here? You are clapping. That means he's entering, eh? Okay, I didn't... I'm wondering. We are talking about Holy Spirit. That other person is exposed to the element, sleeping under the bridge. And the man that has a home to return to are two different people. That's the, the difference between the married and unmarried. And even your married, you don't have to be exposed. You're supposed to be under your parents' covering. Until the day your father takes your hand. You know how we do it. Who gives this lady in marriage? Either the father or somebody delegated by the family. Maybe one of the brothers. He takes the hand. And then will hand it over to the man. And then a covenant is established. From that day, we removed your father's covering. You're under his covering. The head now represents his authority. So it's not every time you drink tea, you run and call your father. Small disagreement, you call your dad. There is living and cleaving. And one of our ladies said to me, it is man that leaves his father and mother and cleave to his wife. Women don't leave. I didn't see it in the Bible. I said, huh? So the man leaves his father. He comes to cleave to a woman that is still... No. The marriage won't work. If you read Psalm 45, he said, hear this counsel, O daughter. Leave your father's house. So that the king will appreciate your beauty. For he is now your Lord. So that's why in the marriage we have with Jesus. Remember that's where we see the beautiful picture of what we are to do in our home. Uh -huh. He left his father and came to earth for us. Paid the bride price on the cross. You remember all the suffering he did for us. And then married us, put a ring on it. 
the day you answer doctor call is not the day he proposed or is the day you responded and took your own marriage vow. That marriage vow is what you came here to take. A man died for you. You have been doing shakara for him. Misbehaving. Finally, you came to your senses and said, it's true. I'm so sorry. I'm not. And then you come back and said, oh yeah, I want to take my marriage vow. And then the pastor administers it to you. Jesus took his own long, pledging his love and loyalty his whole life for you. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? Oh my God, Holy Spirit, what am I doing? Talking relationship. Okay, let's complete it. I need to get back. But did you notice that Jesus did not just leave his father sacrifice? He now said, if you love your own father and mother more than me, you are not worthy of me. How can I be willing to die for you and you want to be? If you love even the world, he said, you can't be my friend. Friendship with the world is enemy to... Oh, who likes it? Who loves a girl? You are ready. You are serious. You are committed. You are putting everything. And she still wants to be playing games with the world. Have boyfriend, do all that. Marriage. If you want to do that, you're not ready for marriage. Go ahead and finish first. Jesus too can't take it or you better believe it. Friendship with the world is enmity with God. See, go to clubs. You go on Saturday, come to church on Sunday. When you come, you are sleeping all through because you, you did vigil, your own vigil. You see how we did vigil yesterday? You did your own in the club. Oh, you know they are writing about the house of David. The, the, the tabernacle that has fallen down. A lot has gone wrong. A lot has gone wrong. What is going on today? But does exactly the condition for it is when things hit bottom like that you know that the next thing is a major move of God. Pastor Shola, let, let me explain something. There are three paradises that have to do with revival. There is even a fourth one, but I'm not adding it today. Just these three. Anytime you talk about the Davidic order, which is the standard God wants to restore, that is the state of revival. That's where we will return when revival happens. The Solomon order is the after effect of revival. That's the prosperity, the blessing that his society, hit individuals when revival comes. The rain always produces economic and societal transformation. I'm not talking about Solomon's ending. Because sometimes when prosperity is like what has happened to America and development and other people get to a point, they start forgetting the God that brought them there. That's where the West, the Western nation is. The end of Solomon. But the Solomon's order is the after effect. If we pay the price for revival, what will happen? What will happen here? What will happen to you and the economy? You will be the one in charge. The political era, you will be the one in charge. God will take people from here and put them, and all the ministries that will pay this price, put them in all the juiciest places, not only in the nation, but at the international, at the continental, at the global scene. Then he will pour rain of blessing. He will pour abundance. He will pour promotion. He will pour. But Pastor Shola, what the paradigm that precedes the Davidic order is the Samuel's order. That's what we call the Elijah revolution. Elijah revolution is God's response to backsliding church, backsliding society. When we turn back to idolatry, turn back to Baal worship. Turn... So the era of Saul was so bad in Israel. 
and that era also had an era it was preceded by an era of blind priests called Eli and his children backsliding and corrupt priesthood the women that come to church to come and worship they sleep with them inside church that you even wanted to even commit to even respect God's house to go somewhere no right inside even in the altar then there's corruption entered with how they deal with God's money because they God made provision for the priest but then he went beyond that boundary and God sent warning that the, what I would do with this priest the ear that will hear it will tingle now you see because he, before he deals with society he has to do this house cleaning this is the challenge God is always facing. And then he tried to do, give opportunity for repentance for that. The boys were not because their father will not stand firm. And, and then, do you know what God did? His own house, the house of God. The tabernacle was built by Moses. God came down at Mount Sinai. His glory was demonstrated. That's another Elijah revolution that has passed. Things have gone wrong now. A time of revival, major move of God under Moses. That things have gone wrong after a couple of many years. They have entered the promised land. That tent, that tent that Moses was pitching a place called Shiloh. And that's where these priests were ministering. And all this evil. Do you know what God did? He permitted the enemy, the Philistines, to come destroyed that tabernacle. It was burnt down. Destroyed. This is another thing that shocked me. The ark of God that represents the presence of God. The Philistines captured it and took it over to their land. And where did they put it? In the house of their God. To humiliate the God of Israel. The God that made the heaven and earth cannot be humiliated. It is his people that brought him into this shame. Because he's covenanted to Israel. You know when you are married now, your wife is jumping around with different men, messing around everywhere. You know the kind of disgrace he will be to it. That's the kind of disgrace Israel brought to God. Idolatry, so many things. And this priest, that house was destroyed. The ark captured and then the priests were massacred. And Eli, that was the man of God, when he heard what happened, fell, broke his neck and died. And then one of the wives of the priest, hearing the husband has just died, you know, went into premature labor, gave birth to and named the child Ichabod. Ichabod. Kabod means the glory of God. Ichabod means the glory has departed. Kabod, the weight of God's glory has departed. Ichabod. And so God start thinking about how to get a man that will restore. You see, finally, Saul came in and things went so wrong. Because you see, we're talking about the rebuilding of the house, tabernacle of David. Before you talk about it, because it's a three-dimensional project, and I'm not going to bother about that. One day we'll probably we'll discuss it, because this is a house of David. But, but there's a component part, the building of the people, the Davidic people. Who, what do they look like? They are people after God's heart. They just got David to model 
a pattern for a people that will follow. There is a difference between the Davidic people and Saul's people, kind of people. The Saul people is the type God rejected. What is their problem? Oh, they have certain characteristics. One of them is their self-will. They do what they want. They don't care about God's will. They don't. They just do what they want. And then they want God to bless it. They want God to adjust to their will. Instead of a man adjusting to God's will. I don't know if you saw what happened when God sent him to slaughter the Amalekite, kill the Amalekite. There was a, an oath God took. He just needs a human being to carry it out for him. And he went there, saved the king, brought some animals. When the prophet asked him, he said, ah, I brought them so I can give sacrifice to the Lord. And God asked him, does God have as much pleasure in the fat of rams or sacrifice or whatever? Do you think you use offering to cover disobedience? He said, my friend, listen, to obey is better than sacrifice. And to hacking, to have an ear that listening is better than the fat of rum. And then God said, no, forget about this man. He can't be. I have found myself a man after. You see where? A man after my heart. And the scripture describes him. He said, the one that, do, that will do all my pleasure. And not as I said, the one that will do my way. That's the Davidic people. That order, that Davidic order. Because you see why they are connecting it to the New Testament church. Okay. That Davidic order is what Jesus came to set up. The priesthood in it is not the Levitical priesthood. It's the Melchizedek order of priesthood. These are people, their driving force is to do his will, to please him. Nothing else matters more than that to them. You watch our, our master, our savior, the firstborn of all creation. Is I came from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of my father that said, that's David. Read John and see how many times he talked about things like this. I speak not of my own. Every time David is going to do something, he will say, bring the airport. They will inquire of the Lord. He, he wants to be sure of God's will before he acts. Saul, Saul does not care. Of course, that day, after Samuel corrected him, that's another quality. The Davidic people have contriteness and brokenness. When they find that because they are not perfect, that they have messed up, they break down, they are sorry, and they are genuine. And they, they are not looking for human, whatever. They want to please God. The day he has messed up, and that's the only thing recorded, okay, maybe one other thing, where he counted Israel. Really recorded against him, and the prophet came and finished. He didn't even bother about the prophet. The person that sent the message is what he was after. He faced his face on the wall and began to cry. That's how Psalm 51 came. And somewhere he began to tell God a broken and a contrite heart. Oh God, you know you will not bypass. You made a vow. When a man is broken, when a man is contrite, I will never overlook him. God told the prophet, go back and lift all the judgment you declared on this man. But Saul, he brought correction. Do you know what he told the prophet, Samuel? He said, the only thing I care about it is that you walk out with me. You know, presidential will wave to the people. If you walk away, they will think something is wrong. They will start suspecting. 
just come and let's just smile. His own everything is about people, about public persona, about you know public image, about and you know this age of social media. Jesus spoke to one church among the seven churches. He said, you have a name that you are alive. Meanwhile, you are dead. You just package yourself. Meanwhile, there is nothing. Is he cabot? Come out with me and let's just, just and when you are coming out, just smile. Just, you can even put one hand on me. People will think, yeah, yeah, yeah. God is moving. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Why David will be in crying. Saul is out here posing. He didn't even accept the correction. How can he repent? He's justifying his error. And he wants God to adjust. And all God needed from him is just adjust. Because God has no pleasure in the death of the wicked. God is kind, is love. The Davidic people are not perfect, but they are contrite. They are broken. They are meek. Look at our Savior. I'm meek and lowly in the heart. Follow my example. You will find rest for your soul. You read the Beatitudes, you see their qualities, inner qualities. When they say God does not look on the outward appearance, he looks at the heart. Those are the things he looks for. Go read those eight Beatitudes. If he finds it in a man, he is pulled to that man. You want to carry God's presence? This is what is required, my brothers and sisters. You want to be God's friend? This is what is required. And that is what God is going after now. A people, a household of David, a Davidic people, they are going to lead a, lead a movement that is going to shake this world. And then they have about 12 characteristics. You notice that the Davidic house is a house of praise. I, I was so happy when I came here and all the things. It's a house of worship. Oh, hey, Davidic people are people of sacrifice. Oh my God. Just look at him. Look at the one he raised called Solomon. My God. He took giving to a place. And sometimes I convert what Solomon gave or what David gave back to dollars or naira. Oh my God. Every time I just tell myself, you have not started anything. He gave God one million. Or he gave God ten, one billion, and your your shoulder. You have not seen anything. Go, just the gold David prepared for the house of God to build the house of God. I think we converted Pastor Shola. He came to about how many trillion dollars or, or no billion dollars? Yes, one hundred talents of gold. I don't have the time to go in that direction. One hundred talents. My friend, you can Google for them. Let them see what one talent of gold costs in the market right now. A talent is about—is it thirty-two kilogram or what? 
as of the first time we did it, one talent cost about 1.4. Yeah, a talent of gold right now cost. Yeah. And this, this $1.4 million for one talent was done in the year 2009. The value now has reached, I don't know whether it's 1.8 or 1. Point whatever. Something. And that's, the man gave, and, and that's, if you go read the list, I'm just taking only one element, only gold. Only gold. Only gold. I just brought a gold. Gold there, you will see so many times. Oh my God. One talent, 1.4 billion. The 100,000 talent is 140 billion. One giving. One giving. That's dollars. We didn't say Naira. Converted to Naira. Okay, they use 700 here. They got 98 trillion. That's how many years budget for Nigeria? And we have not finished. Have you, you think you have seen giving? This is a Davidic house. I'm going to partner with you. There is something God is building through you. When he finishes it, people will marvel. Last time I said, this is where you, we should be coming once a year. Pastors should be gathered. So come and I'm telling you. Our pastors and leaders, there's something about Davidic people. They don't just take priesthood. No. The order they are restoring is that they can be priests and as well as kings. It's a Melchizedek order. Anytime a king in the Old Testament ventures into priesthood, God kills him. There was a good king called Uzziah. It was related to Isaiah. He did what was right in the sight of God. There was no sin attributed to him. But he messed up only one thing. One day he took incense and all that. And wanted to go in to go and offer in the temple. The priest told him, you don't have that right. He ignored him, went. Leprosy struck in there. Actually, he was carried out to the leper's camp. And that's where he stayed till he died. It broke my heart because he did what was right. He was a good man. But there's a boundary. You can't be a priest and be a king. If you're a king, you can't. But the only man that did it was David. He even ate the shoe bread. Times he wears the apron that only the priest wears. There is a new order he was restoring. It is an order that was there that has been lost called the Melchizedek order where you are both a king and what? And that's what Jesus restored. He said he has made us what? Kings and priests unto our God. So, God might give you skill in the area of technology, skill in the area of construction and real estate. Don't say I'm a pastor. Because I'm a pastor, I can't use my skill. Who told you that? Jesus called Peter out of fishing. But when they needed money one time, tax, he said, go and use your skill and get the money. Don't sit in church and say, we're trying to buy this property. Lord, you know if I have money. No. That's not how they did it in the Bible time. Say, go to the mountain. Houston, go do this. Walk. Bring the money and build this house. And I will fill it with glory. And he said, after you have done it, compare your life before and after and see. He said before, when you ignored my house, you are gathering. But I create hole in your pocket as you are gathering is leaking. You know, Pakistan law, the need is creeping crazy. 
when they promoted you, your mother-in-law had stroke to make sure that that extra whatever does not make any sense. Next time, there was a small you know, allowances extra paid to you. That's when your car had accident. So because, but the blessing of the Lord make it rich and adds. Remember, it's not money we're talking about. It's a people. God is not looking for intercession. He's looking for intercessors. Is the prostitute that is looking for sex. A real woman is looking for a man. Hmm? A real man is looking for a woman that will be. But in that package, all the th other things you are looking for are in there. God is looking for a people. A divided people. That's another word. If I want to say it in New Testament, a Jesus people. There are people of service. Can you imagine after he has finally become a king, David? He said, Lord, a day in your court is what all these many days in my own court as a king. That's government house. He said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper. So I'm coming to your house. I thought you should be coming as the king. You know, the way the Queen of England is also the head of the church of England. No, David saying, just to be a doorkeeper, the usher in your house. I value it more than this king. Hey! Can God exalt you? And you can still be you. His child. His servant. You know, I, I, I went to a place to speak. And then, then, you know, they were trying to introduce me to the vice president of the country. It's an African country. One of the countries around here. Vice president. You see the vice president. Attend this church. Okay. And then, uh, ah, finally, only to finally introduce a man, pastor this and other. Yeah, I, I just, you know, and I was going to see the set man. He greeted them all, but it was good. Then finally, you know, they said, uh, I said, I want to meet the VP. I heard the attendees. There are some questions I want to ask him. The pastor said, ah, he's one of our pastors now. He's an assistant pastor to one of the I'm sure he, he, he may have passed him. He is around. And so finally they decided to, it was the guy that was trying to greet me. If you see how humbly he was trying to greet me, standing and I just passed anyhow. Ah, it's now my turn to greet him. He said, no, sir. I said, what? I said, Lord, teach me something. What did this man teach these people? Then they said the chief judge, she's a lady, attends the church of the federation. I say, Chief George is in this church. I say, I want you to meet her. You know, and she even said she has something to give you that when you finish. So I said, okay. You know, I said, maybe on Sunday now when I finish and we can meet. I said, no, she's here today. This is Saturday. I said, where is she? He said, follow me. We went into the, temp the temp temple, the church building. 
And I saw a group of women cobwebbing, cleaning with buckets. And there was one holding the cobweb on one side. They said, that is her. I said, which, where is she? Because I did not see anybody. I saw somebody cobwebbing, so I was looking for the person. Maybe somebody seated, the executive, with, you know, gorgeously. I said, that's her. I said, where, which, where? Then we now went. And she, oh, pastor. She said, she came down. She tried to brush up. I said, I did not say anything. Why? Most of the things she was saying, I did, I did not hear. What? Because God has been talking to me about this Davidic thing, and I'm seeing it with my eyes. She was the one looking for me, for me to be. You no, know, I became a student. I was asking when she didn't know. You say, ah, I was in nobody now when before God made me. I'm his child. So just because I became chief judge. Is that why I will now come and be doing shakara for my own father? He said, Pastor, this is how we are. I said, you are going to come and talk, talk to my people, please. People are inviting me. You, I need to invite you, please. I told the pastor, this, this. If you look at his praise, I'm sure you saw that day he so danced. That his garment fell. He did not care. He kept his wife was the one being embarrassed. Michael. Because married that one for source of you know the soul order. They have their own uh, brother one there. They are special. That one was, of course, by the time he finished and came home. Said, huh. That's how you disgrace yourself before all the maidens of Israel. Oh, her own problem was the women. They, they were listening to her husband. She has no care about God. It's about public persona, public image. Woman, they are man pleasers. They asked Saul, why didn't you do what God said? He said, the people said, the people, let's bring this animal so we can, so you fear the people more than God. Acts chapter 15. Let me, you know, I just wanted to see that the apostles interpreted the most nine to mean the church. So it's important. Just like Peter interpreted Joel chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. Just like Jesus interpreted Isaiah chapter 61. What you need to know is that when the apostles started their ministry, there was no New Testament. There was no four gospel. They are the ones that wrote it after observing the life and ministry of Christ. There was no Acts of Apostles. No epistles, no book of revelation. So everything they were reading is Old Testament. But when they read it, they will get the because the Holy Spirit has come now of the things there that are meant for the church age, and they will give that revelation. And all those things what now created the other section of the Bible, they were extracted from the Old Testament. And this is a secret I need to give you. Any doctrine, you, anything you see in the New Testament, look for it in the Old Testament. You see where they developed it from. If you see a prophecy in the Old Testament related to us, look for it. You will see his New Testament application. So you don't go practicing the shadow instead of his revealed substance. Okay, Acts chapter 15. I'm, I'm a... Uh, Okay, after they have heard their peace, 
James answered, saying, Peter finished speaking first. So everywhere got quiet in this council. Because he was telling them, I followed Cornelius and I finally went to the house. I had no plan to baptize him in water, talk less of Holy Spirit baptism. Okay, let me, I said, let me just share the gospel since God is really, but nothing else. So, but Peter said, but while I was still speaking, I didn't touch anybody. The Holy Spirit fell on them the way it fell on us on the door of Pentecost. He said, God went behind, ahead of me. You see what happens when the church aligns with the plan of God. When the church aligns with the plan of God, you unleash asking God to come and bless our plan. This sole order is what frustrates the move of God. The Holy Spirit fell. The whole house and all the friends that the man gathered were filled with the Holy Spirit and they were speaking in other tongues. When Peter saw it, he said then, if the bigger one, Holy Spirit, they have received it, who am I to withhold water? Because John used to do water baptism. But he said there is somebody greater than I. That the big thing is not water. Water is important. We need that one for repentance. But he said there is somebody greater than I. That one will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And the Lord has gone to the more important thing and done it. Ah, who am I to withhold water? He now ordered all of them to be baptized. Because when he got back to Jerusalem, the Jerusalem council withstood him. Peter landed in trouble for obeying God. Because the church is still gaining. The revelation is unfolding. Remember I said they were reading it in the Old Testament. They are trying to, they are trying to get. This part has not been clear that the Gentiles should be part of this project. And if God did not intervene to do this, you and I will never receive the gospel. The whole thing will end up in Israel, end up among, and it will be a Jewish thing. Meanwhile, Jesus died for the whole world. So when Peter finished telling the story, everybody held their peace, quietness everywhere. James, the brother of Jesus now, God of our answer, say men and brethren, hearken unto me. Verse 14. He, he said, he said, Simon, that's Peter, has just declared how God at first did visit the Gentile. So the first Gentile family to be saved was that Cornelius. The first move beyond the boundary of Israel. <laughs> at first, went to take a people for his, for his name. Verse 15. And to this agrees the words of the prophets. Did you see that it's plural? So what I was reading for you in, in Amos 9, other prophets spoke about, just like you see how I was combining two, to show you that even beyond restoring it to its old glory, that God wants to take it beyond that. The church is not an afterthought. We are included in the Old Testament prophecies. It's like when you read Isaiah 60. You are just reading what God is. Just lift up your hands. Pray in the spirit for one minute. I'm going to take you into the deeper waters now. Father, take us deeper now. Open up the fountains. Open up the fountains. Let it go from our ankle to our knees. Let it move all the way from the knees to the west. Let it move from the west till it becomes a river that no one can over can pass. 
let nobody be left out on the la- on the dry land because revelation is what precipitates manifestation if we grant us understanding lord take us into the deeper take us into the deeper waters eyes that see and ear that hear 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 and the heart that understands the heart that understands and obeys the heart that understands and obeys the heart that understands grant us eyes that see and ear that hear and the heart that understands and obeys in jesus mighty name i will suggest to you i will advise that you pray more of that prayer because i'm just giving interpretation of what the holy spirit is saying through you this is what he's praying for the church now that's what he just prayed now and if the holy spirit is praying in a direction for me i want to cooperate in that and move with him in that direction because he prays for the saints according to the will of god maybe you should get ephesians chapter 1 from verse 17 and begin to pray for yourself that the god and father of our lord jesus christ the father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and not oh that's one prayer i will all pray for myself till i meet him I always do. Or I have about a couple of them. They are scriptural, New Testament giving prayers, like Ephesians chapter 3. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven on earth is named, that he will grant you according to his spirit to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the word man. That Christ may dwell in me by faith. That I may be rooted and grounded in love. So that he will give me the capacity to understand the depth, the breadth, the width, the height of the love of God. That passes all understanding. And then he will bring me to that place where I'm filled with the fullness of God. I want to walk in the fullness of God. This is where this tabernacle is going. God, Moses built a tabernacle. God filled it with his glory. David built his tabernacle. God filled it with his glory. Solomon built the temple. God filled it with his glory. And now Jesus has built the last, which is the church. How can it be empty of glory? That is completely opposite of the plan of God. Lift up the A generation of men that carry God, that carry His glory, that are literal carriers of God's presence. That is what He is going to be imagining in this hour. The glorious church. The glorious church. There will be an amazement to the world and a wonder to the nations. God flowing through men. God flowing through men. In Jesus' name. Oh, oh, hey, do you know, I mean, 
Yeah, you may be seated. I've been preaching without being aware where the clock is. Oh, okay. Thank God I have to. Is that 24 minutes? So I still have that. Oh, thank God. Thank God. Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. Let's get out of that axe so that we can go into something deeper. But axe, axe, let's let's explore that first. So you need prophecy in the old testament. You look for his new testament equivalent, so you know his God's plan for the church. Okay, yeah. Verse 16. This James talking. He said, This agrees. If you go back to verse 15, verse 15 first, this agrees what Peter said that God did in the house of Cornelius agrees with the words of the prophets. Not just one. Then he now chose one out of the many and he picked Amos night. And he said, this is what God said. After this, I will return and I will build again the tabernacle of David which is falling down. And that's what he started with that Acts of Apostle experience in the early church. Starting with the upper room. Oh, one day we will be able to have the opportunity to look at the building ingredients, how you set up the complete tabernacle. And then the glory fills it. That's one of the projects God gave me, both for the Nigerian church. Help them understand how to set up the, this tabernacle restored. Oh, oh, just watch. And I will return and build it. And build again the ruins thereof. And I will set it up. The reason he said again is because the prophet said as he was in the days of old. Then verse 17. Watch the result. After God moves in the church, the result is that, that the residue of men. Do you see how he describes the nation, the Gentiles, all these men that are lost? That the rest of mankind might seek after the Lord and all the Gentiles upon whom my name is called said the Lord that doeth this things. James even added one thing. Which is interesting. He said, known to God, the next verse. Known to God are his works from when? The foundation of the world. That's why this thing I'm showing you is under the classification they call the eternal purpose of God. Okay, maybe I should show it to you in the New Testament. The eternal purpose of God. Ephesians chapter 3. Look at verse 1. Let's, let's read. Okay, 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 okay. Let's do it well. John chapter 16 first. Verse 12. Now, Pastor Shola, you notice that chapter 13 is now all the way to Calvary. Judas betrays him and all the other. If Jesus is now at the end of his ministry. And here is what he said. After teaching and training this people for three and a half years, He's now about to go to the cross. This is what he said. I have yet, not the word yet, many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them. What's Jesus saying? I did not give you the complete curriculum. So, when you preach Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you're preaching what is part of the New Testament. Remember he said, go make disciples of all nations. And as you do it, what you have to do is command them or teach them to obey all the things, whatsoever I taught you. Because there is this grace voice who said, you can't teach 
the four gospel that they are apart for the Old Testament. That Jesus was talking to Old Testament people. That you are supposed to start your ministry from the epistles. So they make Paul and Jesus look like they are fighting. Because they don't want to obey God's word. There are instructions that Jesus taught there that they don't want to obey. They think grace leads you to lawlessness. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. So, so I asked them, when did the New Testament actually start? Because they said it's only the things that are part of New Testament you can teach. They said New Testament started after the death and resurrection of Christ. From that moment he rose. Any other thing he says is part of New Testament. Because all the things he said in the four gospel, he has not died. That's what they said. I said, okay, that makes sense. I agree. So, Matthew chapter 28, verse 15. Show it to them. Let them see. It is from resurrection. Look at Matthew chapter 28, verse 15. So, 28, uh, 17, 16, 17. Give me 16, 17. Let me see. <laughs> then the 11 disciples went into Galilee, into the mountain where Jesus had appointed. You know, he told Mary to tell them to go there and wait for him. Okay, verse 17. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. This is the resurrection that is reporting. So, Anything after resurrection is part of New Testament. If you're a grace boy, we all agree on that. Now watch what he now said. Verse 18. This is New Testament now. Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Verse 19. Go and therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. You are, Everybody agrees that this is part of the New Testament. Okay, verse 20. Can we read verse 21 to go? Teaching them to observe. How many things? How many things? How many things? How many things? All things whatsoever I have commanded. So Jesus said, go back from the beginning of the Gospels. My grace people, stop violating the Sermon on the Mount. Stop violating the teachings of Christ in the name that you are building of Pauline revelations. When Jesus finished his teaching, I remember those ones he said that. He said, Whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, say, Wise man. Let's get wise. He built his house where? On the rock. The one that ignores them is a foolish man. I didn't say that. I only reported what he said. Okay. So John 16 verse 12. I want to show you something now. Jesus said, the curriculum I gave you is not complete. And he said, it's not because the lecturer doesn't have the complete thing. It's because the student can't handle it. This is what he told them. You can't bear them. Because just because you're a professor, you can't come to nursery school and dump what... what quantum physics and all the whatever, the calculus and all that. No. What they need to learn is basic science. What, what, they call, what do they call it? Integrated science. This primary school. Teach them some of the basic things that they will need later to understand these other bigger things you are teaching in the university. Only three and a half years. So he gave them the ones they can bear because they were still not born again. 
there is a limit to what their spirit could handle. There were times Jesus wanted to go further. For example, he tried to talk about his death and resurrection. Peter took him and said, I rebuke him. There were some that one day he was teaching and the things were teaching. If anyone eats my flesh and drink, he lost most of his disciples. There were many. Of course, he has already lost Judas by that time. Then he asked the eleven. Why are you people see around? Uh, they said, because you have the word of eternal life. But what you are talking now, it doesn't make sense. So that part. But we know, we know you have the thing. So we are here. When he had to show his glory, he took only three. He left the others behind. They can't handle it. And when they and when the things finished, he commanded, don't say it until the Son of Man is word. In other words, there were some other for that curriculum that will open up after he's risen from the dead. Until the Son of Man is glorified. Ladies and gentlemen, that other things he couldn't transfer is what the Holy Spirit is now sent to come and open up. That's why the teachers that taught you in secondary school are not the ones that continue to teach you in the university. They handed you over to. But it doesn't mean that what they taught you is nonsense. It's a foundation for these other things that you're going to learn now. I've yet many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them. Verse 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into what? Oh, For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that he shall speak. He will show you things to come at verse 14. Actually, actually, I can even go. Yes, but at, 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 let me see. What is there? Is there verse 14? He shall glorify me. For he shall receive of mine and shall show it to you. So Jesus said, it's still me now going on. But I'm now. <laughs> I, I have all no tremendous reverence for the Holy Spirit. Everyone lift up here and say, Holy Spirit, you're welcome. That I fear to even use this word, but let me use it so they can help us. Jesus now used delegation. Delegation is not the right word. It's in a realness. When you have done your part, you hand the button to the next person. It's not delegation. Because they are all operating in their sequence. But he now turned the button to the Holy Spirit. You see all the other things I need to show them. But because they are not saved. So first, you're going to regenerate them, get them saved. After I paid for their sin, then you start opening up all of it. So we have two kinds of school in the New Testament. We have the school of the word where we study the word. We have the school of the spirit. Where the spirit now opens up what we have read. 
the school of the word you study you read then you do meditation on what you have led uh, studied and then you start but in the school of the spirit you bring prayer in prayer it says when you start praying then I start opening up. You start seeing things you were not seeing before. Praying in the spirit is a technology God gave to the church to assess the mysteries of God. Anytime you do it, you should have a pepper and a barrel around. If you're about to go to bed and you do it, when you sleep, keep a pepper and a barrel. Because somewhere in the night or earlier hours of the morning, you are going to get some of those messages, interpretations, or reply for those, because it is an upload-download technology. It's not a one-way thing. When you finish uploading, they are going to send you, it's, it's not how you do your text message, you send to your sister in UK, and then after, you get, that's what is going to happen. And they might use visuals to show it to you in the night. They might use audio as you wake up. They might use text messages. They call it intuitive knowledge, revelation. You just wake up. You, you just know certain things. Hey, whenever you wake up in the morning, don't just rush out with noise. God communicates at the cool of the day. First, today God talks, but the noise is distracting us too much. So he waits till our spirit is quietened. And then he awakens your inner consciousness, your inner ear, your inner eyes. Nobody can go wrong following the leading and guidance of the Holy Spirit. We are not men, men. We are not ordinary men. My brothers and sisters, you are a new creation. You are made in the order of Christ. How can Satan fool you? No, 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 no. He's walking in the flesh that is making us weak, my brothers and sisters. A man did a book, 48 Benefits of Speaking in Tongues. 48. To lead in innovation. To lead in inventions. To lead in your industry. That's where the secret is. To be a leader and have cutting edge vision and foresight with which you lead your organization. That's where the secret is. He doesn't just show you the things that Jesus them. He shows you the future. He shows you where the next billions are going to come from. He shows you before everybody starts rushing and competition gets out of hand. You have finished making a couple of billions. If I tell you some things that's going on, my God, my God. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? It's, I don't know. Maybe it's not today. It might be next year. It might be this year. We'll see somewhere. Somehow. Me and Pastor Shola, we are partners, so don't worry. Our assignment, feed God's sheep. So we cook together first at the kitchen. When we finish, we will know the right time to serve it. Only this just for one second. Bring everybody, everybody, Lord, into the deep waters. Don't let some people be operating in the outer court. Let that era end today. Let it end. A child, an apostolic church moving in consonance with the Holy Spirit under command. 
carrying out the purpose of God. That army you have been looking for, Lord. That army you have been looking for, Lord. That army you have been looking for. Kandoria, Kanalsina Kaya, Kambradita Topaste, Fiantara Steina, Haigrebanish. I command anything that is holding you back, holding you in the flesh, to let go right now. I command the distractions of the enemy to be shattered, your eyes to be lifted above the waves, to see Jesus, to see the provisions, to see the vast lands of limitless resources that He has made available. My Father. Just like a baby that has come to freedom, time to come out of the womb. Let that move of the spirit begin to bet the men and the women. Bet them out. Bet them out. The Holy Spirit said, Many of you that he has not even seen the man he created, the man he de- he de- predestined, the man he sent here on assignment. You have lived a freshly life in this hour. The real you is about to show up. But it's in prayer you bet your next level. It's in prayer you bet the purpose of God for your life. It's in prayer you bet the purpose of God for the church. It's in prayer you bet the purpose of God for your children. It's in prayer you bet the purpose of God for your family. It's in prayer you bet the purpose of God for that business. You are going to another level. You are going to another level in your career, in your business, in your family, in your ministry. In prayer, you bet that man that you are supposed to marry. In prayer, you bet that woman. What you describe, my brother, Pastor Shala, that happened to you and those days of groaning is anytime it happens to me, a new season is about to hit me. Another dimension of glory is up because it has to come out of the womb. Oh, yeah. The next level is already inside you, but you are going to bet it out in the prayer. And then the systems of this world will align. Everything will start aligning to deliver what you have broken out, what you have bettered out in prayer. I see next level for you in music ministry. It's explosion. The thing will go left, go right, go like the river of life. You start singing, there will be transfiguration. Some people will see a woman clothed on white, and you are not even wearing white dress. They will see Kabelista, Shinakaya, and then there is a dimension of glory that is going to burst forth. It will swallow this natural man. But it's inside. Your spirit has been yearning for it. It's time to bet it out. It's time to call it forth. A sign to call it forth. There are billionaires that are going to be emerging from here. There are millionaires that are moving to another level. But the Kadako Shani, the idea for that next level, the breakthrough strategy for that next level. It's going to be better forth in prayer.
Spirit leads me where my faith is without borders and we walk upon the water wherever you go. Take me deeper than my feet could ever wander and my faith will be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. Spirit leads me where my trust is without God. Let me walk upon the water wherever you your name keep my eyes upon the way when ocean Call upon your name one more time. God, my eyes went to the clock. This is those moments we should not stop you. But okay, I will bring you back. There's something I need to show so I can stop. Eh? And then we can move in this. My God, I'll bring you back. Just a few minutes. Thank you, my dear sister.
I'll be back, Pastor Shola. There is something. I'll be back. I'll do my best and see if we can make that order. If we are not, we'll, we'll work at something. But I'll do my best. So let our, uh, at the uh, uh, right time, I'll follow you to that crusade. In Jesus' name. Let me show you something so we can we can get and I won't bother you again. I'm going to give you something. You need to understand that when Jesus said the Holy Spirit is going to take you on the next level curriculum, God raised a man by the Apostle Paul and he was brought to heaven and given the, the curriculum. So our curriculum covers what Jesus taught because he said the Holy Spirit will remind you of all things that I've taught you. Then that next level curriculum, that's what is found in the epistles. Then he added a third dimension. He will show you things to come. That's the book of Revelation that will lead us to the return of Christ. You want to graduate, you need to take the complete program. Now, for example, you take one of those epistles which describes where we are now. The book of Ephesians. You have to break it into three parts. It's six chapters. Chapter one and two. That reviews who we are and where he has exalted us. Where we are to operate from. Chapter 3 and 4 is now how we are to live out this new creation life on earth so that people can see it. The practical Christian life. I'm a new creation. I'm a righteousness of God in Christ. Read chapter 3 and 4. He now tells you how to live it. So that you don't just have the confession and you don't have the reality. Then in chapter 5 and 6, it teaches us the divine order that must be obtained that God wants to see. It starts with the family in marriage, the children with their parents, the churches with their past members, with their pastors and all of that. Even people that are professional career people and their management and bosses. And then if we put this order, then we can engage the devil in spiritual warfare. That's how the chapter closes. If you are out of order and you go confronting the enemy, you get wounded. Because you are out of alignment and out of covering. You see, submission is not so that you can, another person can be, you know, it's protection. It's also alignment with the mission and, and the divine order. Now watch, 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 watch. Two things are involved in confronting Satan. Look at how the whole Nigerian church joined praying, doing us, and it doesn't work. There are a lot of issues. These are coming before we say anything. Bah, you see it. It used to be like that. There are a lot of disjointed, the body is in a disjointed state. 
in going to deal with Satan, the first thing is chapter 1 and 2. Don't go to him saying we are wrestling and deal with him on the same level. Operate from that exalted place where you are sharers of God's throne, sharers of his authority and dominion. And it's from that place you deal with him. Like a president of a country, like our president, commander-in-chief, giving instruction to a local government chairman. They are not on the same level. Because where he was exalted, he far above. And that's where he exalted you and I and sat us at the right hand of the heavenly places. Chapter 1 and 2 deals with new covenant realities. Then chapter 3 and 4. And I'm coming there now. But before I get to chapter 3 and 4. So in chapter 5, heading to chapter 6 it teaches divine order both in the home a woman that wants to be confronting Satan all the time please be under your husband covering please you don't finish and start end up with ovarian cancer you don't finish and end up with miscarriage you don't finish wanting i've seen a lot a lot we have lost too many people and we are wondering why it's time for it to stop there is a protocol here Let nobody tell you that there is something like women ministry. That person is talking nonsense. Go and see biblical examples and look at modern examples. But the issue is that God said when they operate, they must not violate that thing that Eve did. They must operate within divine order. That's why some churches like assemblies don't want it at all because of a lot of the reckless the we in the Pentecostal circles are doing. They don't want it at all. They recently sanctioned uh, requiring and his church saddleback for allowing women ministry. Mean, they're under the assemblies of God structure. Young Gichu, all of them, they were under assemblies of God. Be, uh, uh, people like even uh, Jimmy Swaggart, all those ministers under that umbrella. No. The man went to defend it. it the issue is if that order is not found, just keep watching. One of these days, you hear one disaster. We are now coming to the beginning of a new move of God. What we are going to see in these days. That's why we need a group of teaching priests that understand the purpose of to help set the church on course. And then we will minimize casualties. But now, let's look at chapter 3. And one or two things. Chapter 3 deals with the practical side of living the Christian life. After all the new creation realities, new covenant realities, no, he's living it out on earth. Chapter 3 and 4. And those of you who are grace teachers, and I want you to listen to the apostle of grace. Paul. First, he creates a basis for his theology and shows us how he got it. He said, I'm, I'm in verse 1. Start from verse 1. Ephesians 3, please, from verse 1. Let's see the best. For this cause, I, Paul, prisoner of Christ for you Gentiles. Verse 2. Verse 2, please. If you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which is given to me, and it was towards you. Verse 3. How that by revelation he made known to me the mystery. 
as I wrote a four in view. And this mystery is what he called is what Peter and God didn't understand. That's what was causing all that confusion in Jerusalem. Yeah. Verse four, whereby when you read that you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Verse five, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men as it is now revealed unto his holy prophets and, and um, uh, apostles and prophets by the Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit is that next person carrying the next dispensation. What you call the church age is actually the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. He is now the new professor, teacher that is. Now, verse 6. That one of the things the Holy Spirit now opened up is that the Gentiles should be fellow. You see, one of these hidden mysteries, it was in the Old Testament all the while, but nobody could see it. Because it was hidden, it was coded. That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of the promise in Christ and it is done through the gospel. No other way except through the gospel. We and the Jews. What is, does it mean by fellow heirs? The same body. Oh, Gabi, that is too. Shall it cannot use? It is First Corinthians chapter 10. I think it's verse 32 that said that God has three divisions of humanity. Mankind. The Jews the Gentiles, and the church. Not white, black, and yellow. No, he doesn't believe in all those races. The Jews, the old covenant people that had covenant with him through Abraham, they were the exclusive club. No other person. And we had the Gentiles. But now, after the Gentiles, which is the nations, the heathens, the death and resurrection of Christ now created a new race. A special group of people. A called out people. A chosen generation. A royal priesthood. And that's what's called the Ecclesia. And it's made up of both Jews and Gentiles that are saved. So in this place, he's making the two one. Making them join us. This project is not only for the Jews. Whatever made the Jews unique in the old covenant, all those blessings of the Abrahamic covenant, Jesus shifted them in here. And then added things that they didn't have and put all of them. And say, any Jew that wanted, you come into the new covenant. Any Gentile that wanted, you come into the new covenant. When eternity, this time is over. And we enter back into eternity. When one of these people that are called the ecclesia, the new race passes, the angels will say, see those exalted ones, see those unique ones, made exactly in his image, see those highly, that's what he's looking for, that glorious church that will begin to showcase now, ahead of time, the powers of the age to come. Angels will envy them because they are higher than angels. They share Christ to sit with him at the right hand. That's their, their family to the almighty. They come before his servants, the angelic beings. They are higher than what he did in the old covenant because those are natural men. God had covenant with them, all right, but they would, no, were not born again. That's why he's giving them opportunity to come into the new covenant. And those of them that are rejected will live in that lower order. The ones that receive Christ will come up into the higher order. It's a 
new species of being that has never existed. You don't know because probably you have not gone to the Mount of Transfiguration and seen the other side of you. Just like Jesus showed them that day on the Mount of Transfiguration. That thing he showed, that shine out of him is what dwells inside you now. That's what the scripture is talking about. Christ in you is the hope of glory. He greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. It is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. It's not just coming on me and flying away. It's not just like Samson. It's not just like Elijah's anointing. It's beyond that. I think it was John the Baptist that carried Elijah's anointing into the boundary of where the New Testament would begin. And Jesus made a commentary of him and said, of all men born of women, none is greater than John. Then he said of all the prophets that John was the greatest. So if the anointing of Elijah was the greatest the Old Testament could produce, Jesus now said, he that is least in the kingdom is greater than John. Can you imagine that believer that still doesn't even know his left and right? He's greater than John. What happens when you now begin to see that generation that's coming into the awareness of who they are? Into the awareness that is just this our body that covers him that is divinity he said the fullness of the godhead dwelleth in him bodily and ye are complete in him oh my god you mean that we are complete ye are complete in him who is the head of principalities that's why demons can't stand when i i don't care what you call them special demon whatever they break down because when you function from that inward or non understanding there's no spirit being in creation not one that can stand he said to joshua even in the old covenant no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life how much more now in the new to be endured by the holy spirit is a discovery we need to we need to rediscover Oh, efficiency, efficiency, please, please, please. I want to see if I can give you a few more. Oh my God. Okay, 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 okay. Go to verse 14. Let me give you some of the practicals. Verse 14, whereby, you know, I didn't finish reading the mysteries that Paul revealed. He revealed a couple of things. He ended with what he called, he called the eternal purpose of God. But then he said, for this reason, when you now understand it, that's why I'm talking to you from that angle. What do you now do? To begin to manifest physically the first is prayer life is prayer he said for this cause i bow my knee just because these things are the reality divine reality it doesn't make it automatic on earth it has to be bettered in prayer for this cause i bow my knees unto the father of our lord jesus christ of whom the whole family in heaven and the earth is name yes verse 16 that he might grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might, dunamis, by his spirit in the inward man. You have to pray it in verse 17 that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith. And I'm not going to talk about walking by faith because he's subject on his own part of how you manifest this divine, the supernatural life that is already inside you. And that, now look at this part. That's the part I want to show you. That ye being rooted and grounded in love you are not going to walk in the divine nature till you learn how to walk in love. John, writing about it, said, it is he that dwelleth in love that dwelleth in God. He won the fastest way. 
The presence of God is what we are going for now. That you be rooted and grounded in love. Verse 7, 18. Verse 18, first, but you may be able to comprehend. At that level, certain things open up. Do you see what walk, not walking in love does? It hinders me because there is a dimension of God he carries from tapping into it. Because of divisions. Somebody said, give me a diamond. If you like, package it with cellophane bag, tissue paper, cement paper. If you like, put it in a beautiful ring box. As long as it's diamond inside, I want it. The problem is the packaging is what is disturbing us. Some people are caught up with gender because it's a woman ministry. You, you disconnect. What is wrong with you? You miss what God is trying to give you. Some other people are caught up with tribalism because he's from this you You disconnect. What is disturbing you? You're missing what some people are caught up with racism because he's white or black. They disconnect. Oh, some people are caught up with, hey, if you see the issues, there are many denominationalism because he's not from our denomination or from whatever, you know. So, Satan, because he knows the purpose of God, that with our love and unity, we don't enter into that fullness. So what his business is, is to be causing strife and division, brothers against so that we will not walk in the glory that we were predestined to walk in, even before the foundation of the world. Watch out. You, you may be, be able to understand the breadth, the width, the length, the height, verse 19, and to know the love of God, which passes knowledge. And the end result is you enter into the fullness of God. You'll be filled with the fullness of God. That's the dimension Jesus walked in. Spirit without measure. Wisdom without measure. Power without measure. The fullness of God is where the glorious church is going to function. It is love, it is unity, it's breaking down these walls that will lead us there. Because the fullness is a corporate glory. If you look at chapter 4, it's still teaching us practically how to live. Just verse 1 for you to get an idea of what I'm talking about. I therefore, a prisoner, chapter 4, a prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherein you are called. Verse 2. And part of what is required is lowliness, meekness, patience, endurance, then forbearing one another in love. It's not just that you walk in love. In love, there are elements you practice. For example, you practice giving. That's walking in love. Generosity. You practice forgiving. That's walking in love. But there is forbearing. Do you know what forbearing is? Make room for the mistakes ahead of time. Make room for people to grow. So you don't even have to forgive. You have made the room. You, you know they are human. They are going to make you. So you don't get offended at all. You make room for your wife. You make room for your husband. You see that thing Ogadid, did, you want to leave him. But you have two boys. When your son does it, do you leave your son? Is he not somebody's son? 
I don't condemn, I mean, I don't condone, you know, any form of sin. But I got to hear uh, this guy fell into this sexual sin with the secretary in the office. The mother says, leave. She has even left. And then she came to see me. One of my daughters. I said, uh-huh. What happened after you left? Then you end up a playboy, a toy for one useless boy in US. So you are now doing the same thing for which you left him. And she now opened up and said, it wasn't just that boy. That one is even single. I ended up with two married men. So now, the same thing for which you left, this is what you are now doing. Because she's now on her own. And guess who are coming? Married men. After a while, she fell for one for one to a second. Watch. Then ends up with another boy. Because after a while, she's feeling cold. She needs some warmth. And she's telling God this thing is, but I will never forgive John. No, I will never. He has begged, begged, begged. Never. But now, see where she is. I said, so what exactly are you now doing? If you truly hate this injustice, I think what you should be doing is stay single till you find another husband now. But see where you are now. And yet, even in that thing, you are still talking about him that you will never forgive him. It was when I showed her the mirror, she now said, oh my God, is that what it is? So I now said to her, okay, look at your boys. You have three of them and one girl. You told me before the second one, how he has been girls. Why is it that you still take him back? He said, he's my son. I said, so that one is not somebody's son. I'm not saying to tolerate sin. I'm only teaching forbearance. Because some of you, the kind of spouse you, you marry, you married him still out of Egypt. He's still struggling. You look inside, there is a David inside that place. He's a man. But he's still struggling with help him. Help him set boundaries, set certain systems to support that his will in his heart to become a better man. Don't throw him away. But there is a type, Jesus said, except the son of perdition. You know this one. This one has no remedy. <laughs> this one. Oh, some of you, if you married David, you have walked away. And some of those who have enjoyed that beauty when God perfected it. It's vice versa. It's my wife. No, no, no. Forbearance. Patience. Why you are refusing to do it, it's costing you the glory. You can't carry the glory. That's why you are drained all the time. No spiritual power in your life. If you want to carry this glory of this latter house, Forbearing one another in love. Look at verse 3. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of his seed. See what he's doing. So if you go to 1 Corinthians, that's wrote about the Holy Spirit gifts and how it is operated. One chapter called chapter 12 is about unity. Because it's only about 11 verses that deal with the gifts of the spirit. 
he didn't even take time to explain how they work how what is word of knowledge explain it to us. then how does he even work how do i get nothing he didn't bother once he mentioned the completed the list he went into discussing unity of the body till the end of the verse then chapter 13 i thought he would not spend that chapter to take teachers how to function in all this stuff how to paul didn't he started teaching on love he's still teaching on the gifts of the spirit he said i want to show you a more excellent way he's telling you don't walk in a dimension of this glory with a disjointed army with offense and bitterness and this is what there is something the lord showed me because i was praying about the church like you and i hit his son and he started talking to me he said why i left the church in this commando state powerlessness that you see in this present age is because my glory and certain things do not mix there will be consequences people will die and because i love my people so my solution is always to withdraw my glory leave them with gifts leave them with angels and they they are having fun they are playing with toys they don't know what i'm like that's where we are now you remember when that glory came mount sinai three thousand people died idolatry you remember when they progressed for the rebellion korah 250 pastors died in one day if a church loses 250 pastors you know priest the earth opened up and swallowed them you remember when they moved further murmuring huh? serpent came and killed many of them until they bought the braces of it you remember when they moved further they got to the border of the promised land the immediate king hired balan to cause them the cause can't work because there's a glory protecting them but finally he suggested something your women use your women to the three thousand people died that day you remember when he came in the new testament that day, they set up the new covenant. Twelve men, they were sitting at that table. He said, this is the blood of my new covenant. And they finished. Within that week, one of them died. Because the moment he took that bread, an evil spirit possessing, Bible says, Satan entered him. Why? Betrayer, anti-covenant practice. You are entering into covenant. Do you go into opening and get the initiation and then start violating them? You just entered into covenant, drank blood and planning um, to betray the same man you entered into blood covenant that week he, he suicide the holy spirit fell god said they're moving it wasn't long somebody was bringing money but now added lies to water god killed the man killed his wife buried them do you see what god does so he told moses my presence will not go with you I will send angels. You will see conquer the promised land. You guys will have certain miracles working on. But please, because I don't want people dying like this. Please. Moses said no. We have to choose whether we want the glory or we just want mere gifts. You're a woman of God. You're a married woman. You're jumping around because they say you're in traveling and sleeping with different men. When you finish, you come and speak in tongues and sing. You are cutting debt. You are romancing debt. Somebody was doing it in New Testament. The pastors there didn't rebuke her. Jesus sent a message through John. He said, I will kill her children with death. I is Jesus. This is our apostle of grace. Our God of grace. He said, I will kill her children with 
death, I will throw her into a bed of affliction, including all the men doing that. You see, that's the issue. Do we want the glory? Or do we just want some gifts of the spirit? Which are without repentance. Even if you finish sinning, even if you sleep with seven men now, you can still come and prophesy. Because the gifts are without repentance. Satan still has his gifts. Do we want the glory? Because the glory means he is here. Do you see now what the Davidic order is? To raise for God a glorious church with no spots and wrinkles. Because the coming of the Lord and this revival, because he said, I will do this thing, Judah said, before the great and terrible day of the Lord. So this last day's move of God is the last thing. The church reaps the harvest and then we are out of here in the rapture. Remember I told you three classes of people. A new program begins now. It will be the nations. The time for the judgment of the nations. Those things you are reading in the book of Revelation. Terrible times. And then the people that will be doing ministry then will be Jews. One for the four thousand. Those two anointed prophets. And some other people. Jews. The baton will go back to Israel. We are out. Or do you want to do your own ministry when the Antichrist is here? Is that when you don't want to live for God? Oh, Ephesians 4, please, please, please. Just two more lines. Go and read the whole place. You see, this is grace. The grace epistle. How to live in under grace. It talks about there is one body, seven things that unite us. One Lord, one spirit. Go down to verse 6. Verse 7. Verse 8. I don't want to deal with the gifts of this and all those, whatever. Okay. Go to verse after the ministry gives. That is verse 16, 17. Yeah. Seventeen. I'm looking for the instructions. This I said, therefore, I testify in the Lord that you henceforth walk not as the Gentiles walk. Don't live like them in the vanity of their mind. This is grace, apostle, writing to us how to live. Then verse 18. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. We should not live like this, like we are still unbelievers. Verse 19. Yes, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lasciviousness, to walk all uncleanness with greediness. So this is immorality, they not had greed to it. Then verse 20. But you have not so learned. That's not how Jesus lived. We're supposed to follow in his example. You have not so learned after that of Christ. So then verse 21. If so be that you have heard of him, you have been taught by him as the truth is in Christ. Verse 22. That you put off concerning your former conversation, conversation lifestyle, the old man, the old nature, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Verse 23. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Put 
on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Verse 25. Wherefore, put away lying. Speak every man truth with his neighbor. How can brother versus brother? We are in covenant. The day we serve communion, we all take. Because we are doing business. You go lie, cheat me, cheat a covenant person that you are into blood with. Even your church, they say, Go buy us this equipment. You go there, you tell the guy, negotiate, add this, add that, package it this way. Let's bring it to Pastor. So, so you tell Pastor, you see, I'm not taking anything, no. I don't even want to be part of it. So I just brought the guy so that you and him can deal direct. These are the equipment, the sound system. You can see, look at the bill, it's him. Actually, this thing he's giving you, I brought it down. That's not the real whatever. You've told the guy, build 30% for me. What's the difference between what we are crying about in Asorok? Now, if truly you just want to make money, tell him, I'm going to get this, but this is what you're going to pay me. I want to build in this, whatever. So I know what I'm dealing with. Covenant. For we are members of one another. That's why you shouldn't do that. Verse 26. Oh, I'm ending. Please, please. Be angry but sin not. Don't let the sun go down upon. Don't carry anger to bed and wake up. Hey, it's dangerous, so it's dangerous, my dear. Because he opens the door for the devil. People are getting into sicknesses, a lot of things that should not be happening to believers. Because it all gives place and opens the door to the devil. Verse 28. Let him that steal, steal no more. Stop stealing. You're in the church. People do like your phone misses. People are in the spirit worshiping you. You are busy looking at back. Hey. You, I don't want you to die, please. The glory is coming now. A lot of things will happen. God does. Look at the day David brought the ark of God to the city of David. That day a priest died. Because they carried it on a new cart. You see, that's one thing about the glory. David said, I don't want this. You know, he kills people. Take it back. They put it in the house of Obedon. Everybody there prospered. He was living with a family. The family was doing well. David said, okay. So it's not that bad. doesn't kill people. We need to find out what we are not getting right. And they made inquiry and found out, okay, we are copying the Philistines. We're now using the world system to carry God's presence. Don't steal. He said, rather, go and find something to do. Get a job. Get, and that's another talk. You know, walk with your hand. Start earning a living that you may have to give. And even help the needy. Verse 29. Please, I want to let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but only what is good to the use of a divine that it may minister grace to the hearer. Even if you are a comedy industry, you don't have to use those vile and filthy. Can I, because you are even a Christian, you created your comedy. Can we come with our children and be able to enjoy comedy, pay a ticket, and not feel like I have to close the ear of my daughter and my little kids? That should happen when the unbeliever holds his comedy show, but when you who said you can't stay prosper? Crack. There are a lot of important, nice, nice things you can talk about. And then don't go and use the Holy Spirit to be making more crib. Is it not because of Naira? Verse 30. 
grieve not the Holy Spirit of God by which you are sealed to the day of redemption. Oh, I want to stop. But okay, add two more verses. Verse 31. Let all bitterness, you see it, rot, anger, clamor, evil speaking, slandering your name. Let them be put away with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Verse 32. Be therefore followers of God as their children. Imitate Christ in every situation. Say, what will Jesus do? When you start doing this, what you are doing is called walking in the Spirit. Walking in the Spirit is manifesting the divine nature, producing the fruit of the Spirit, producing, and then the glory comes and it fills the temple. God bless you. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. And from today, I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late. You are born again. You are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. Stay blessed.